Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, this holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck. Oops. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Got a little knot here. We can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. Merry Christmas! If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Woohoo! Then Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick! Look at the lights! They want you to say grace. <laughs> Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives, she just spent them all. <laughs> you woo! Crack up. Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. We hope you have a wonderful time. Five, four, three, two, one. As the holidays approach, Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase, wants to have a perfect family Christmas, so he pesters his wife, Ellen, played by Beverly D'Angelo, and children as he tries to make sure everything is in line, including the tree and house decorations. However, things go awry quickly. His cousin Eddie, played by Randy Quaid, and his family show up unplanned and start living on the Griswold property. Even worse, Clark's employer reneges on the holiday bonus he needs. Welcome to another episode of the TRN Drive-In. This is Jason alongside my buddy Mickey. How are you, Mick? I'm good. I'm excited. Gosh, I, I can't tell you how much I was excited to do this episode. And seeing it this week, I've actually watched it twice this past week, so... It's such a great movie, and I can't wait to dive into it. Maybe more than anybody else has ever done on a podcast, let me tell you. <laughs> but we did want to obviously say, as we do with these movies, if you haven't seen it, just unsubscribe to this feed, please. <laughs> no, we're going to spoil it, obviously. there's We're going to dive into the history and lots of facts, you know, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, too. But 
If you haven't watched it in a while, go ahead and watch it and then come back to this episode because it's going to be great. And we did want to make one note as we typically try to keep that uh, clean mark checked (laughs) in the podcast feed. Obviously, if you've watched Christmas Vacation, there is some language. And instead of me editing out all of the comments and quotes and everything that we've got through here, we're just going to mark this one explicit. So if you're listening with the family, you might want to put on the headphones. How about that? (laughs) Earmuffs. Earmuff it. Yes. Put on that. uh, Get one of those hats that Eddie had and pull that down over your ears. I've got one of those hats, by the way. I wear it every week. We need a picture of that, man. Now, his is a nice leather one, and his is too small for his head. Mine actually fits well, and it's it's like a nice flannel thing. Do you have a white bathrobe? I do not. I've got a black <sighs> bathrobe. I'm, I'm going to send you a white bathrobe so you can just put that on and take a picture holding a beer. How about be, that? It might be close enough if I just put a towel around my waist. i got some white towels. <laughs> okay, that might work. <laughs> Anyway, before we get too far ahead, we just want to thank everybody for listening to our first show, the the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles episode. It's quickly become one of the most popular episodes on the podcast channel, and that's because of all the feedback and everybody listening, uh, you know, to that just in this last couple of weeks. So we really appreciate that, and we're hoping these drive-in episodes are going to be something you'll really enjoy. A little bit, you know, separate from the norm, separate from maybe a, a normal movie review podcast uh, that you listen to. So thank you guys for that. All right, well, let's dive in, man. Let's dive in. We're just going to talk about the movie in general first. Uh, let's talk about the cast starring uh, Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and Randy Quaid, written and produced by the late, great John Hughes. Now, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, but the movie was based actually on a John Hughes short story called Christmas 59, hmm. which was the second vacation story actually to be published in the National Lampoon's magazine. The uh, first one was called Vacation 58, which was what the basis for the first vacation film was. This actual story was printed in the December 1980 issue. So it was John Hughes adapting that short story that he wrote for National Lampoon's magazine into a movie. Wow. And... The director as actually a first-time director, Jeremy Chechik. This was his very first feature film. Didn't do too many. One you might have watched that he has directed before is Benny and June. I've not I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I have not seen that one either. But it's Johnny Depp, I know, but I've not seen it. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of the behind the scenes as far as the the cast and production and direction for the movie. How old is this movie for you, Mick? When did you first see it? It would have been early 90s. Um, You know, I can't really... I know I didn't see it in the theater. I can't remember if we rented it. It it was probably something where some... One of my dad's brothers or somebody had bought it and we borrowed it would be my guess because we've done a lot of that in this time frame. Mm -hmm. So I'd say we've probably seen it with in a few months of it coming out on its first home release. Okay. Yeah. My first time I watched this, I was trying to remember it had to have been probably 1990 or 91. This came out in 89. So it was a rental and I was over at a friend's house and I remember watching it with his family and then they all went to bed and we watched it just me and him late. 
and just oh my gosh it was so i don't know it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to describe it just was so polarizing to me and we were both glued to it couldn't wait to watch it again i remember getting up and re- rewinding uh several parts which we'll talk about <laughs> but uh that was the the first time i had never seen it in the theater until this past week and we'll talk about that in here in just a minute but uh it's got a pretty good legacy i mean it's highly ranked if you go on just you know search for you know the top christmas movies of all time or something you're going to see it ranked on many people's lists most of them high up there uh do you got a specific time did you watch this for the Christmas season, Mick? I mean, is it like the first one out for you or? Uh, no, it, it falls early in my viewing, but it, it's not necessarily first or anything. It just, it's a mood movie for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it again last night, partly to get ready for this, but partly, you know, it, it was just that time I was in the mood mm-hmm. and it was time to watch cousin Eddie. <laughs> Yeah, there's no specific day for me either. Some years I will watch it like right off the bat. It's like the first Christmas movie I watch. And now, I remember some... we used to, before we record cutters, uh, I want to say somebody used to play it on the night of Black Friday every year as mm-hmm. their feature movie. Maybe AMC or something. And we would watch it then, but that's been a while. Yeah, I was trying to find out i think amc is the one that still has the rights to show it on cable and gosh i remember years back when we had cable that it would come on before halloween (laughs) you're like oh wow really already okay (laughs) but i usually try to stay away from that at least until after thanksgiving we get into more of the christmas season and start watching it but uh just talk about the cultural impact of the movie and like yesterday i'm in cole's and I'm just, we get back to where they have all of the, what I call Christmas gift section. You know, it's all the pocket knives and just weird mm-hmm. stuff, you know, that for stocking stuffers and what have you. There is a whole shelf, like top to bottom, like four shelves of just Christmas vacation stuff. The moose wow. mugs, puzzles. Really? Uh, They've got those at Kohl's, the moose mugs? They do, yes. Like in and a set or individually? They're individual boxes. Mm. But, uh. Just tons of stuff, uh, merchandise there. And I would say probably it was only second to a Christmas story, just in that store. The amount of like licensed Christmas merch that was there. You know, everything from the like the moose mug to regular coffee mugs and everything in between. Just so much merchandise. And I think that's where we have gotten over, you know, the past thirty years. With this movie, it just keeps growing based on the amount of merch that I see <laughs> in stores each year, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your feelings towards that? Or do you Have you got any uh, Christmas vacation merch in the house? Uh, I used to have some uh, printed logo golf balls. Oh, wow. Okay. But, and I would have got those in the late 90s or early 2000s. And I don't know if I still have those or not. Probably not because I don't have them on display with everything else. But no, I don't believe I do have. The closest thing I've got is a Wally World t-shirt. Which okay. is not based on the Christmas movie. But it was a nice way for them to tie that original movie in, though, with the Wally Moose mugs in this movie. That's right. Tied it back to the original. But no, yeah. I don't think I do have any. It wasn't until last year that I got a Moose mug. 
And when we sat down for Thanksgiving dinner and we were serving up the, uh, the sparkling cider and I had some, uh, like flavored, uh, ciders, my boy had pulled out the moose mug from my wife's china cabinet and, and set that down right in front of me. <laughs> I was like, attaboy. <laughs> but, uh, I've got a little Clark Griswold magnet set that my wife got me several years ago. It's him in his like underwear. You put it on their fridge and then you've got the pajamas. You've got the Santa Claus suit. It comes with like uh, a moose mug, a squirrel, a chainsaw, hockey mask, <laughs> and you can, you know, decorate them up however you want to. And then it comes with like 50 different words. So you can make little quotes from the, <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> it's even got a word that's just S H asterisk T T, you know, <laughs> for shitter. <laughs> that's uh you can make, and I've put little stuff up on social media about that, but I don't know. It seems almost larger than life. And I'm just gonna briefly tell you my experience this week watching it. Never watched it in the theater before. I learned that AMC was gonna show it Thursday night, seven o'clock, and I get there. There's easily, I would say, 50 people in a the theater. 50 to 60. Well, that's pretty good which, for that. Which was, yeah, it was surprising to me for a weeknight and, you know, being a 30-year-old movie. There is a, I think I told you about this, man. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the show, but there is a uh, family that live in a town north of us, about 20, 25 miles away, that does a full-on Griswold house each year. And they all dress up. They've got a... <laughs> they've got a faux tenement on wheels. It's not like that style of camper, but it's, it's a camper and they've got a station wagon that they strap a Christmas tree to and they decorate the house insanely and they hang out for a couple hours during that night and you can come by and get pictures with them and interact with them. You know, they're just full on Griswold. They were there at the show. Okay. And they pulled up in the station wagon with the Christmas tree on top. Oh, wow. <laughs> I took pictures. You imagine driving 20, 25 miles each way to go to the theater with this Christmas tree strapped on top. I didn't know how they could see out the front window. It was crazy. They're, they're like leaning out the side like Ace Ventura or something. But they pull up. They're all in their costume. There's a cousin, Eddie, a Clark, and oh, gosh. We had the best time watching it in the theater. There was me and two of my buddies. There was even some kids there. I was surprised, but there was one old man that was just hacking up a lung, laughing so much during the movie. It was like maybe he had seen it once or twice, but you know, I've got the movie memorized practically, but hearing him just hacking, I, we were, you know, looking at my friends back and forth and we were laughing just as much as him as we were at the movie in some of the parts, you know? So it was just the best time watching it in the theater, being there with other fans, and then being there seemingly with some people that only watched it a few times. Uh, even my friends, I, I asked them before the movie, how many times have you seen this? One of them said three or four, and the other one was like 40 or 50. <laughs> so, so I was quoting the movie to my friend to the left that had seen it 40 or 50 times, and then I was spouting like facts at my friend to the right that had <laughs> only seen it three or four times. So it was perfect, man. I got a little bit of everything watching it. I, I stood up at one point when they get to the uh, Todd and Margo line. I was like, everybody in unison. <laughs> <laughs> you 
And, you know, at the beginning of the movie, and it, this is fun because we're everybody in there is just talking throughout the whole thing. And everybody knows, you know, this is just we're here to get the experience. And, you know, at the beginning of the movie, before anything happens, they always say, you know, silence your cell phones, please no talking. And I was like, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> it was just a great time. I had never had anything like that in the theater before. It was so much fun. Uh, but anyway, so that's uh, just a little bit of uh, a generalization of the movie and a little bit of its legacy and everything. Let's get into some facts and stats about the movie. It was released, like I said, 1989, December 1st. Runs 97 minutes, rated PG-13. The tagline, you'll crack up. <laughs> According to executive producer Tom Jacobson, Hughes was shooting Uncle Buck at the same time. And wow. they overlapped the prep, but Warner Brothers wanted Christmas Vacation in time for Christmas. So they started shooting it three days after wrapping Uncle Buck. So it was like a back-to-back movie with, with Uncle Buck, with John Hughes. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, a little bit about the box office. The budget for the movie, $27 million, which was actually pretty high for a comedy then. And I didn't do any adjustment for inflation, so... You, and you'll see why here in a minute. It debuted at number two on that day, uh, $11.7 million. Any idea what was number one that day? What uh, year? Uh, 89? 89, beginning of December. I'm not even sure what all was out then. What year did Die Hard come out? Well, it wasn't Die Hard. I think Die Hard was maybe 80, it was a couple years earlier. Let's I think. see, Scrooged was 88, wasn't it? Yeah. There was only two other Christmas or one other Christmas movie released that year. Ernest Saves Christmas? No. No. Prancer. Prancer was Prancer. the only other one. But oh. but what beat it out was Back to the Future Part Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was uh I didn't realize that was the time of year it came out. You you think these days of summer blockbusters, you you know, my mind wasn't yeah. even going to something like that. So it made eleven point seven million the first week. It ended up grossing seventy one point three million. And it, you know, I was looking, I think it was at Box Office Mojo. It says actually over 56 weeks. So it sounds like some theaters kept showing it the next year or, or kept it in the theater. So it didn't totally get removed until the following year, which is hmm. kind of crazy to me. But by the eighth week, it had already earned 66 of its 71. So it wasn't like it lasted a whole year and everybody's watching it throughout the year. Right. It was like some theaters showed it, you know, that following Christmas in 1990. Now, I wonder if these showings like the one you just went to retroactively get added to those numbers. I would think it would, but I don't know. I don't know how that all works out. If that's an well, since it's released through AMC, you would think that they would get like uh, an overall like national number because it was all all the theaters that were showing it was at that same date, same time, you know. So it should have a total for that week, and I would add it in. I don't know, but um, just to uh, compare it to some other movies uh, for some perspective here, it is the seventeenth highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. Really, it's the, that low? Yeah. It was actually the highest domestic take of all the vacation movies, including the recent reboot, the $77 million. Uh, no other films debuted with it that week. I thought that was strange. Hmm. It was the only one. It debuted at number two, like I said. Back to the Future was released the week before. 
And then the following week, it was also number two behind the debut of War of the Roses. You remember that Ooh, one? With, uh, I do not. Danny DeVito? <laughs> I don't remember that one, no. Now, by the third and fourth week that it was out, it went to number one. It eclipsed War of the Roses, and then it fended off Tango and Cash in its fourth week, which debuted. So those uh, Tango, Cash, War of the Roses, that was later in that December in 1989. So it did make it to number one for a couple of weeks in the theater before it uh, dropped off after that. Let's talk about a little bit of the uh, the critical reviews of the movie. Cisco and Ebert, two thumbs down, man. Really? Yeah, did not like it. Uh, I watched the review over there on YouTube. You can find that available. Ebert, well, they they were both pretty put it through the ringer basically, but they were both. Uh, looking at the direction of the movie more than anything, and this being the first-time film for the director, that they just said no, it, it didn't didn't live up to the other ones. And Ebert even said that it felt trapped, like they, you know, they had gone on a road trip for the other two movies. And I was like, well, this is something different altogether. But yeah. he didn't like it. So two thumbs down. The Rotten Tomato score, sixty-five percent on the tomato meter, which is the Critics and then eighty nine percent audience. I thought eighty nine was actually kind of low. <laughs> yeah, <I> do too. <laughs> uh, and then let's get on to some awards. It was actually not nominated for any awards, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought this was the coolest thing. This movie has four Oscar nominees in it: Juliette Lewis, Diane Ladd, Randy Quaid, and William Hickey. It also has Golden Globe nominees, Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and eventually Johnny Galecki, who uh, is in the Big Bang Theory. It has a Golden Globe winner and uh, nine Emmy Awards from Julia Louis-Dreyfus and five-time Emmy winner Doris Roberts. So it's just jam-packed with award-winning actors (laughs) and nominated actors. So... But it did not, uh, as far as I could find, did not win any awards or was not even nominated. But that being said, how about we give out some awards, Mick? Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so we're getting into some good stuff now. Favorite scene in the movie. God, this is so hard. Oh, my gosh. Favorite scene in the movie. All right, well, This, I've, this movie is, uh, it's like, for what we're doing here with giving these awards away, this is a murderer's row of scenes. Uh, it, it's a really hard award to give away because it's a movie that is, there's not much transition between scenes. It's just scene, 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 and every scene is memorable. So this is going to be tough. Yeah. I wrote down four nominees. Okay. I'll get through these. I'll let you throw out any that I might have missed, and then we'll let's go back through and talk about them. Uh, the first scene that I love is when the grandparents first arrive. So they're, you know, everybody's in the house kind of prepping and then you get the, the doorbell ding dong. And then it gets lower every time. Mm-hmm. And then you open up the door and then you get the grandparents rushing in, you know, that scene. Uh, another one I'm going to nominate is Clark in the attic. Yeah. All of that kind of leading up to when he's, you know, watching the home movie. Uh, Lighting the house, I'm going to call this lighting the house Christmas lights. And this is that time when they've kind of got the, they figured out what's wrong with the lights. 
they get him on, everybody comes out, and then this is where everybody's kind of in the yard with Eddie showing up. <laughs> and it's kind of a sequence, I guess, more than a scene, but who cares? The last one I'm going to nominate is the family dinner. <laughs> when they're all around the table. And there's some, oh gosh, there's some great lines there. What else do you want to throw in the, the mix? Uh, the one where after Eddie arrives, him and Clark are in the living room. Okay. Uh, just going through all this stuff about Eddie. You get, you get the Wally moose mugs, you get Eddie breaking the little whirly bird <laughs> gig on his thing and telling the story about the RV and okay. telling Clark about the dog, having a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. And it's best mm-hmm. to just let him finish. <laughs> uh, and the other scene I'll nominate is Clark in the department store with Mary. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mary, that's my name. <laughs> no shit. <Yeah. laughs> that whole scene where he's so exasperated and talking a mm-hmm. mile a minute. And yeah, I love both of those. Okay. And obviously there was one that I did not put in here, which is more towards the end of the movie. It It's not really a scene in itself, but what I would call when Clark goes berserk, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, let's just talk about these ones that we've listed here. The grandparents arrived. That doorbell just bong, bong. You know, it's like a, yeah. <laughs> a tolling of the bells. And they get in there. You got the, the mom messing with Chevy Chase's face. And they want <laughs> Russ to rub her heel for a quarter. And, you know, then they go back and forth about parking the cars. Yeah, that's and, my favorite part of the scene. Yeah. And then car was in there last year. <laughs> and then the line that is just so great that ends that scene is when I'm going to go park the cars and get the luggage and I'll be outside for the rest of the season, you know, and he closes the door. <laughs> I don't know. I just always love that. And that doorbell just gets me every time. I love it. Do you think this is changing colors? No. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you keep rubbing it, it's turning red. It's turning redder. Yeah. <laughs> A whole quarter. Oh, gosh. I'll give Audrey a quarter, too. Audrey, I'll give you a quarter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on to Clark in the attic. I mean, and this probably starts when he opens the door and it smashes him in the face. You know, classic mm-hmm. Chevy Chase shtick. And then his other shtick is the the boards coming up and smashing him in the face <laughs> when he's trying to walk around, you know. That physical comedy we're used to. Uh, he's up there. He tr- you know, tries to put the present in there. And he finds that one from Happy Mother's Day 1983. <laughs> that was shoved back in there. And th- this is probably the first year, you know, really going through this film and making notes. I'm like, why is he even putting Mother's Day presents in the attic? I don't understand that. <laughs> was she living with them at the time or you know why would he need to hide it in the attic well man, i always thought that he had that was one he had put up for uh for his wife but yeah it says happy mother's day on it so yeah, yeah i think you don't buy your wife happy mother's day present <laughs> well maybe i don't know i mean i do <laughs> yeah anyway i don't know that i hide it my present is a day off <laughs> That's when I'm doing the dishes and laundry and everything. Oh, yeah. She thankfully doesn't get in all the shiny stuff. So I'm, I'm blessed in that area, but yeah. And then, you know, then he's, uh, he's trapped up there. He smacks his head on the, the little vent trying to get their attention and then putting on all those old clothes in the trunk, you know, 
And then sitting down, watching the movie, one of the great little heartfelt scenes in the movie, watching the old home movies, and and then uh, the mother-in-law opening the <laughs> opening the attic stairs and him falling through to end that scene. Yeah, that was a heck of a place for him to decide to see it, wasn't it? Right, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that either, but it's still hilarious nonetheless. All right, uh, lighting the house Christmas lights. And th- this is more of a, like I said, there's a sequence here. I could have nominated when he's putting up the Christmas lights too, and he's on the ladder. I just love that. But uh, at the end, you know, when he finally, and then he, <laughs> they come on, you get the hallelujah chorus. They, all the family comes out and all excited to see the lights. And he goes through and it's like, thanking everyone and uh and then you get eddie and <laughs> the introduction of the family there as well towards the end of that scene well even even kind of the you know when they pull the the parents out the first time too is great and i hope nobody sees me standing here in my pajamas and if they know your dad they won't think anything of it you know <laughs> <laughs> the drum roll and yeah there's some lots of lots of fun stuff out there in the Clark. lawn those little lights aren't twinkling. <laughs> I know, Dad, and thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah, Eddie's introduction to snots, and you, you, you roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. I don't know. My hands are all chapped. <laughs> you ain't um, never seen a set like this, uh, like on a dog like this, Clark. <laughs> no, she falls down a well. Her eyes go cross. Gets right. kicked by a mule. They go uncross. I don't know. know. (laughs) Uh, And then the family dinner. Oh, my gosh. You get to the... It starts with the blessing. That blessing. (laughs) (laughs) And she spouts off the Pledge of Allegiance, which is so great. Uh, I love Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis. And then, you know, the the turkey explodes, (laughs) more or less. And there you get that whole scene of them going around the table trying to eat it, you know, so you get Clark like gnawing on the thing and what trying to wash it down with some water. You get uh, Ellen. She has some on her fork and then she, you know, <laughs> and puts nothing in her mouth. And Eddie with the, like the serving spoon testing out the sweet potatoes. Yes. And know. my uncle Randy, uh, God rest his soul. He, he left here. Uh, many years ago, but he and cousin Eddie are like twin brothers, but different mothers. <laughs> and that's how he would do, you know, <laughs> he would, what, what, you know, at Christmas dinner, it's what, what is that right there? It's broccoli casserole. He'd lift the whole spoon up and sniff it and stick his tongue to it. Like, oh, that gosh. ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. As long as you put it on your plate afterwards, but still, well, now, if he didn't like it, he didn't, he'd put it back. Oh, there. yuck. Oh no. So yeah, you get to see uh, Aunt Bethany's Jello mold on there too with the cat food. Does your cat by chance eat Jello? I don't know about the cat, but I sure am enjoying it. You know, <laughs> uh, you get the uh, you get the whole. Uh, I, I spotted uh, Santa slaying from New York on the news. <laughs> you serious, Clark? Uh, uh, I'll talk more about that one in a later category. <laughs> and then. Uh, what was the other one around the table? Oh, the dog underneath the table. <laughs> oh, he's just yakking on a bone. Oh, he's got it up. <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. 
Well, maybe if you wouldn't feed him from the table. Ah, he's just nosing through the trash here. <laughs> okay, so that's those were my nominees. Then we get to Eddie and Clark in the living room. Oh my gosh. There's so many lines in this one too. That he talks about the kids. I got the uh, daughter in the in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey. <laughs> and then uh, the oldest he's preparing for his career. Oh, college? Carnival. <laughs> <laughs> He Maybe talks. he'll get the bark for the yak lady. <laughs> yeah. He was the pixie duck spreader on the tilt of world. <laughs> they got him guessing people's weight this year, and maybe she'll he'll get to uh, yeah bark for the yak. She got these big horns, ugly as sin, but a nice gal and a hell of a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> so great, uh, the dogs, you know, drinking the tree water there and. <laughs> Don't you go fall in love with it because it's going to leave with us when we leave here next month. Yeah. Oh, that's just such a great way to end the, the scene. And uh, it's got another great line in it, too. Uh, can I uh, refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out in the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just glad to be here. That is a great yeah. scene. And what, yeah, what is Eddie is wearing in that? See, that, is, that is what I want to wear for my for our family Christmas party. <laughs> oh my gosh! People yeah, the, make fun of that, but that's sharp. Yeah. It's I I couldn't pull off the uh, the blue leisure suit, but that I could probably pull off. You know, <laughs> I just love the fact that you can see through his outer shirt and see that it's a <laughs> fake turtleneck under <laughs> Right? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And those white shoes. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I love those shoes. I need to find me some of those for wearing around. There's an RV. Uh, and then, yes, the other one that you nominated, <laughs> Clark in the mall with Mary. That whole seat, that whole, I don't know if it was ad-libbed. I didn't look that part up, but it's, uh, I was just uh, smelling, smiling. I was just blousing, <laughs> browsing. Uh, you can't see the line, can you, Russ? Nope. This <laughs> is a bit nipply. Out. Oh, what did I say? Nipple? No, looking for my wife. God, rest her soul. Oh, no, no. We're divorcing. So she doesn't wear panties, obviously. <laughs> that was great. Can I take something out for you? <laughs> and then you get that nice Chevy Chase laugh there. I love that. So great. Uh, so what do you think? What do you want to well, put? I got well, one more scene is okay. right there at the beginning when uh, his boss is walking by with all these people going into the office. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> he keeps calling by the wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill <laughs> or whatever he calls him. Yeah. I, I, blaming bullshit. Just give me the, you know, whatever he said. <laughs> oh, yes, can, sir. <laughs> for me, I'm I'm going to pick the one I nominated of, of him and Eddie in the living room just because I mentioned having an uncle like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it brings back a lot of memories of, of our family Christmas parties because we would have, at my dad's mother's, she had 14 kids and they all averaged two or three grandkids. So you put everybody together in one place. There was 50, 60 people there for Christmas on Christmas <laughs> Eve. 
and there's Randy, the star of the show, and he's just walking around and he's not trying to be funny. He's serious as a heart attack, just like Eddie is. It's just who he is. And right. he was always the type to say stuff like that about, you know, he's got a set on him like you ain't ever seen Clark. I mean, that's how Randy was. So that scene, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of our family uh, Christmas. So that's my pick. Okay. I'm going to give it to the family dinner just because everybody is there. There's a lot of great lines and you get a lot of interaction with, uh, you know, the characters, you get some classic Eddie lines in there and Bethany and <laughs> uncle Lois. Uh, we still use that, you know, we'll sit around before dinner. Who's going to, he's going to say the blessing, <laughs> and, you know, We'll, we'll say that blessing if so, nobody says anything. Does anybody go all the way with it and start saying the Pledge of Allegiance? No, no. Yeah. My wife would probably be the only one that would know that. The, the oldest has watched it a couple of times, but wow. they wouldn't know to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, uh, I, that scene is so great to me. So I'm going to pick the, uh, the family dinner scene there. Uh, all right, next award. Oh, my God. It's just, it's just impossible, man. It's impossible. Favorite quote or line in the movie. Yeah, that is tough. So many. So many. Um, I, <laughs> I wrote down four. Uh, I'm trying to hold back here, but at the same time, there's just too many to even go through on a nomination scale. I've got two from Cousin Eddie. The first is just his simple clicking of the tongue. Bingo. <laughs> After the sled the sled scene that was actually improvised. I read mm. the, the bingo. The other one is probably the line that is most associated with the movie. Merry Christmas. The shitter <laughs> was full. Yeah. <laughs> I know you checked our shitters lately. Yeah. You know. The reaction <laughs> from Todd, you know, he walks out of the house and he's ready to start his run or something. And he just <laughs> sees him out there. <laughs> Yeah, shitter was full. And he just turns and goes back in the house. I love that. Um, the other one that I, I don't know, I la- I thought was the, the best line for a long time was uh, when they're in the living room after dinner and Aunt Bethany is sitting there knitting and she hears the squirrel sound. Do you hear it, dear? It's a funny squeaky sound. And the line is from Uncle Lewis. You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that line. And then probably one of the other ones besides the shitter is full. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. You know, (laughs) like you said, that's on freaking sweaters now. So, yeah, (laughs) I think between that one and the shitter is full is the. The two that are recited the most from the movie. Yeah, Whether they're the best or not, I don't know. I think the shitter is full. It, it was would probably be the runaway winner if you polled a thousand people. But I've got a few nominations. Uh, one that I know you like is when Clark and Eddie are in the living room. And Clark says something about looking forward to Christmas or something. And, and Eddie's like, yeah, I'm real excited about it. Because <laughs> I really use that one. Too. Yep. I use that one a lot. The... Are you serious, Clark? I use that one probably more than any in my personal life. Uh, when somebody will be telling a joke, it's just not real funny, and they'll get to the punchline, I'll look at them deadpan. Like, Are you serious, Dan? 
<laughs> no, I'm not serious. <laughs> it just knocks them down a notch. Uh, and then my third nomination would be when Clark's cutting the bottom off the tree and Todd says, hey, Griswold, where are you going to put a tree that big? Bend over, I'll show you. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. <laughs> Wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> that whole little exchange. Is, yeah. Oh, that's right. Bend over, I'll show you. I use that one a lot, too, for <laughs> some of these aggravating 19-year-olds. Hey, what do you want me to do with this? Bend over, I'll show you. <laughs> Oh gosh. But I I think my personal fa I'm gonna have to go with the majority though and say the shitter's full. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be my uh vote too. Hey, let uh, me shoehorn this in here right quick because I missed it when we were talking earlier. Uh-huh. We were talking about the merchandise. Have you seen you can buy the big yard inflatable of Eddie's R V now? Yes, I have seen it. Yes. Okay. People who are listening, you if you want one, go go look for them because they are now available. <laughs> insane all right we got uh, another award to give away here and i like this one this uh category that you came up with who stole the show in a minor role so who stole the show i would say the as far as the the movie being billed it was chevy chase beverly d'angelo and randy quaid were the three stars Mm -hmm. so leave them out of the picture and who stole the show in a minor role i wrote down two okay what you got uh, my first nomination here would be Mary. Um, Mary, <laughs> of course, the whole scene that you nominated is great. And then, of course, when she shows up again at the pool, which as a whatever I was, 14 or 15 year old at the time was pretty eye opening. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. But <laughs> Mary, I think Mary is one that I would uh, nominate just as polarizing when you see her. And <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term or not, but I'm just going to leave it in there. <laughs> What's one for you? Uh, the little girl, Eddie's little girl. And mainly because of the scene where she comes and get, she thinks Clark is Santa Claus when right he's having that dream sequence of Mary. Yeah. yeah. And that whole thing of, her grammar, you know, him's thinking Sandy ain't real. Right. <laughs> we we was good all year and we still got the shaft. But my <laughs> favorite was talking about him being nervous when she yeah. says, Yeah, he's shitting rocks. And Clark says, I, I don't believe you should use that word. Oh, shitting bricks. Or I said it backwards, but you know, he's shitting yeah. bricks, sorry, yeah. shitting rocks. Uh, <laughs> that little girl just, you know, the whole cross eyed scene there at the beginning and she yeah. didn't have maybe a grand total of five minutes of screen time, but man, she was, she was one of my favorites. What little bit that she was on the screen. Yeah. And her brother didn't have any lines in the movie. Um, and he was in, I guess mainly they were both there at the family dinner. And then that scene when they're introduced, obviously, and then they run out when, uh, <laughs> when Lewis blows the, the, the Santa and the sleigh up in the air at the end of the movie. And, they they run out there and think of the Santa Claus or something. Yeah, she was cute. I I did like her in the movie. My other nomination, I can't decide between the two, so I'm just going to nominate them together, and that's Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis. <laughs> they have so many great lines when they are you know are first introduced. It's later in the movie. It's 
you know, right before the dinner scene. And is your house on fire clock? <laughs> no, Aunt Bethany. Is Rusty still in the Navy? And oh, you should dear. go to live. break wind. <laughs> yes. Hell no. He means presents. You shouldn't have brought presents. <laughs> and that whole interaction between them are, are great. And then, uh, and Bethany, you should go in and say hello to everybody. Oh, I should do that? Okay. Hello, everybody. Hello. Every- <laughs> <laughs> and when they walk in, Clark, we thought of a good present for you this year. Oh, Lewis, you didn't have to get me anything. Oh, shucks, Bethany. He guessed it. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing anything constructive. Go in the room and get my stogie, you know. <laughs> then he blows up the tree. So what's the matter with you? <laughs> He's on freaking fire, you know. That goes back uh, to another good quote when they take the chair outside. Eddie, you smell something? <laughs> Burnt <yeah>. pussycat. <laughs> I'd pussycat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to nominate them together, you know, the in the squirrels, you know, the squirrel too, <laughs> with the, the, the dump truck and the nitroglycerin plant, you know, back and forth. And I'm going to nominate Margot, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus. Not Todd and Margot, just Margot, because I think she even stole the scenes with just her and Todd. And, uh-huh. you know, he's like, I want to kiss every inch of your body. He's like, not till you've had a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and just everything she's in, she comes back and punches his lights out. And Yeah. If you're not uh, man enough to end this shit, then I am. <laughs> and then she, uh, if you want to come in here, you're going to have to break down the goddamn door. <laughs> Oh, and they do. <laughs> You're right. And she screams, and then yeah, my carpet and, and falling down the freaking stairs and all that. And in a in a slightly uh, dark horse candidate, the two guys in the truck followed them there at the beginning of the movie. Just that old rusted beat up truck <laughs> trying trying to run up on them from behind. Yeah, they were like laughing. Yeah, that was great. They should have given him a few lines there or something. Figure out why in the hell they were messing with them in the first place, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that was before they got the tree, so <laughs> I don't I have no idea. There there's a uh, unanswered question for you. <laughs> because they were rednecks, that's why. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> we do, we do stuff like that. Yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing much else to do. Does that mess with people or mess with animals? All right. Um, so who are you going to give your award to in a minor role? Uh, I'm going to go with the little girl. Okay. I can't remember her name, though. Uh, Ruby Sue. Yeah, Ruby Sue. Ruby Sue wins my MVP in a minor role. Okay. I'm I'm splitting the award. We're going to have co-MVPs to Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis. Love them, too. Okay. But, you know, as good as I like Uncle Lewis... That wasn't his best role in my mind either, though. Well, we'll oh, I guess we'll, we'll cover that later on. Okay. Uh, now the the major award for <laughs> wrong movie. Uh, who was the MVP of Christmas Vacation? This is uh, I don't even need a, a nomination. My I go ahead and give you my pick. It's cousin Eddie, hands down. Yeah, I I would say if you're going to debate it, it's either between Clark or Eddie, and you could definitely argue that without Eddie there, that some of the Clark's comebacks, you know, are, are just not there either. But I don't know. It's hard not to give the award to Eddie because he's just so, like you say, he's, it, it's a serious, he, he portrays it seriously. And you're laughing at 
just who he is. So he's not trying to be comedic. He's not trying to essentially steal the show. He's just Eddie. And, and you know, as time has went on, this has become as much his movie as it is Chevy Chase's movie. It seems like. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that, especially since uh, there was a <laughs> Christmas Vacation 2 starring Eddie. Yeah, uh, I've not watched that one. I don't, I'm a little gun shy. I, yeah, I probably will not watch it just because I hear nothing but it's the crappiest of crap mm. ever put on film. <laughs> uh, that shitter was full there. <laughs> Uh, it just, you know, I think one of my favorite scenes or the favorite scene between Clark and Eddie outside of the living room is in Walmart when yeah. they're just going back and forth. The, he does the thing with the smashing the light bulbs <laughs> with the dog food. And then he, uh, you know, appeals to Clark after he offers to help him with Christmas. And here's a little list alphabetical starting with Catherine, you know. <laughs> And if it's not too much, Clark, I'd like to get you something really nice. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. It's Eddie, man. It's got to be Eddie. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. This is a fun uh, topic here. Was this, and we'll let's plug in, I guess, the three stars or the, the three top build actors here for the movie. Was this Chevy Chase's best role? As I would say, as Clark Griswold and the Griswold series, let's you know, let's put them together because, you know, well, I don't know. European Vacation we said was kind of a downer, and most people lean towards the original or, or Christmas Vacation. Yeah, but that don't mean that that Chevy Chase didn't have a good role in that though. That, that's mean, right. That's right. Bad, could have been the story, but I'm fine with putting Clark Griswold all together as a character if you want to, though. Yeah, I'm good with here's, that. Here's a couple that you. You know, just to be thinking about what else Chevy Chase has done, you've got Fletch. Fletch was pretty vague. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Ty Webb and Caddyshack. You've got Emmett Fitzhugh in Spies Like Us, Dusty Bottoms and Three Amigos. And one that's underrated that I love to watch around Christmas time Andy Farmer and Funny Farm. I love Funny Farm. That's a good movie. So, are you still putting Clark Griswold up there? Well, I, I don't, it, it's very tough. I don't, it's his most iconic role for mm-hmm. sure. So I would say for him, it was his best role, you know, for his own personal, uh, financial future. That's right. But yeah. as far as my favorite role, I was a really big fan of him as Fletch, but mm-hmm. I was also a really big fan of most of his work on Saturday night live that first season. That's right. Uh, that one Christmas skit, matter of fact, is Gerald Ford in the White House where he falls off the ladder decorating the Christmas tree. That is hilarious. That's one of the funnier two minutes you'll watch on television. <laughs> if you've never seen it, you can try to look it up. But uh, I, for him, I'd say, yeah, this was his, his best role because he got four movies out of it. And who knows what kind of royalties he's made off just this one film, yeah. let alone the whole series. Yeah. And he was, he's been quoted as saying, as I'm doing my research, his favorite part of Christmas vacation is the credits at the beginning, because his name becomes before the actual film (laughs) (laughs) that tells you anything about how much, you know, Clark Griswold means to him. Uh, but I'm right there with you. I, 
sadly have not gotten into the Fletch movies as I know some of my friends have. Uh, and it's, that's a great role too. It's just fun, but, uh, it's going to be Clark Griswold for me. Beverly D'Angelo, she's done a, a few other movies, probably most well known for the coal miner's daughter, which I have not seen. What do you think about her? Is, is her as <laughs> Ellen Griswold, her best role? Uh, well, again, for her personal well-being, yes, but she was awfully daggone good in Coal Miner's Daughter, though. Um, I'll still give it to Ellen Griswold, though. Okay. What about Randy Quaid? Uh, by far and away, this is his best role. From this particular movie in the series, this is still his best role. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I think all three of them. You think of their characters in in the Vacation movies, and that's, now Eddie. That's he gave himself a run for the money with his with his role in Vegas Vacation, though. That was the only standout part to that movie for me was Cousin Eddie. I have not. I've seen that like once or twice. And the, the only line that comes back to me is, we're going to get some damn bait. You know? <laughs> Going through the, uh, the, well, the he, tour of the dam. Yeah. Well, when he takes Clark to that backwards casino and... You know, I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Six. Nope, you lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now let's go into was this these uh, actors' biggest moneymaker as far as their career goes? For Chevy Chase, it was. A Christmas Vacation was number one. Vacation, the original, was number two. Number three is a movie called Snow Day. Which oh, was, I have not seen that. It's fun. The kids that you have at your age, that is a really fun movie. Y'all should watch it after Christmas because it's more of a winter, uh, you know, snow day from school movie. It's a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Number four in his career was Spies Like Us. And number five was the Vacation Reboot from a few years ago. And this was just domestic uh, looking at those numbers because vi the Vacation Reboot actually did over $100 million if you count in the, the uh, international uh, Beverly D'Angelo, it was not number one for her. Number one for her was Every Which Way But Loose. And I didn't even realize she was in that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's uh, weird. I, I love watched that in any which way you can. can. I don't remember yep. her being in there. I, I guess it was just the first one. or I don't know if she was in both or not. I'll have to look that up. Uh, I've, it's been years since I watched uh, Eastwood and Clyde. <laughs> Uh, number two for her was Christmas Vacation. Number three was Coal Miner's Daughter. Number four, the original Vacation. And then number five, the Vacation Reboot. Randy Quaid, he's been in some blockbusters, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Christmas Vacation is only number four on his list. Let number me say, one, Independence said, Day. Independence Day is number one, 301 yeah. million. Number two, Brokeback Mountain, which I have never seen. Number three, Days of Thunder. Yeah, yeah, I should have known that too. Yeah. Christmas Vacation and then the original Vacation for Randy Quaid. Man, he's, uh, he's got a pretty good resume there. He does. He was, uh, I don't know as far as totals go compared to like Chevy Chase, but he's up there. And Beverly D'Angelo was in Every Which Way But Loose. I forgot she was Orville's girlfriend they picked up on the road. Okay. Uh, was this Chevy Chase, Randy Quaid? Beverly D'Angelo, was it their most critically acclaimed role? I, I probably not. Um, I'm not sure what would be high on Chevy Chase's list because they're all comedies. I don't remember him doing anything uh, 
serious enough or maybe the maybe the original vacation was critically acclaimed enough to put that uh original movie higher on somebody's list and and i don't know what the uh you know cisco and ebert what their uh rating or anything was for the original vacation but uh i don't know what do you say about that i don't know about the actual critics uh like I said, I think Randy Quay just done a bang up job in this of making for somebody like me with past experience with him, making me believe he's a real person, you know, because I've seen somebody just like him in real life. Yeah. But I want to say that I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Wraith with Charlie yeah. Sheen and Randy Quaid. I Randy have. Quaid was good in that as the sheriff. And he was also good in Days of Thunder as a car owner. It was a serious role for him. Mm-hmm. He was good. I it just came to mind too. Uh, you did eventually watch Hard Rain, right? Where yeah, he's he the, was good in it. Yeah, yeah, he was the sheriff that turned bad, you know, and he was good in that too. Yeah, he's been good in a lot of things. So, as far as you know, critical acclaim from from my standpoint, he's. I don't know if I've seen him something that I just didn't care for him in, you know. Right. So, all right, well, let's uh, let's keep moving forward, man. Um, I've got one casting what if that I found along the way. There's an article over on uh, Rolling Stone that was like the oral history of Christmas Vacation. I'd invite people to go over there and check that out if you can find that. There's just a slew of sites that have the 10, 15, 20, 25 facts about Christmas Vacation you didn't know, and they're about all the same. But this oral history... Uh, is basically from interviews and everything along the way. Even I think some of the commentary. I've never watched the commentary on the film. I need to do that because my DVD has that. But it, this just takes it directly from the actors, the director, and spews out a lot of facts that you don't just normally see in those like mental floss kind of posts. Mm-hmm. And the one I found in there was Lewis and Bethany were based on Burns and Allen. George Burns, Gracie Allen. And it was hoped that George Burns would actually play Uncle Lewis. Man, that would have been cool. That would have been very cool. Thinking about that. And, you know, I remember back in the day watching like the Oh God movies. And, you know, I I, I remember seeing reruns. It might have been on Nick at Night or something of the Burns and Allen show. But uh, just watching a couple clips like on YouTube and then thinking about. Bethany and Lewis. I thought that would have been would have been great. Yeah, that is that is really really interesting. Did you want to throw anything in as far as what ifs go, or any other actors you thought maybe you could have pulled off some of the roles in Christmas Vacation or any of the Vacation movies? Well, I think there's a big opening to talk about uh, people playing Rusty and Audrey because (laughs) their ages changed all the time. I mean, you could do a whole lot of what ifs with that, but the casting there was good because they, they both went on to bigger and better things than those roles they were in. So yeah, uh, I think he done a good job with that better than the other years. Well, except for maybe Vegas vacation, but I'm trying to think who, who was in catch. Vegas vacation, the kids, uh, Audrey was played by Marisol, Marisol, whatever her last name is. She's now playing. No, uh, she now plays uh, uh, Veronica's mom on Riverdale. Uh, she's got a major role in that show now in its fourth season. That's probably her biggest thing to date now. 
which mm-hmm. makes me really feel old because my kids are watching this show and she's playing a mom and I'm thinking back to Vegas vacation. You know, I'm like, well, she's a teenager. <laughs> Russ in Vegas vacation. I, I can't think of the actor's name, but he's been in a lot of stuff. He was in that thing you do and some other stuff. So, but still, uh, Johnny Galecki and, and uh, Juliet Lewis have went on the bigger careers than either of those two did. So, yeah. Oh, it was Ethan Embry. Oh, that's, uh, the guy from yeah. Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was uh, rusty in Vegas vacation. And then, well, I liked Anthony Michael Hall from the original vacation too, but you're right. As far as the casting goes and, and changing up the kids each time. And even this time, Russ seemed to be the younger sibling, whereas right. Russ was the older sibling in like the original two movies. So, and I, I think he was, I don't know if he was in Vegas or not, but they even switched up their age differences and ranges, you know? Yeah throughout the whole series and nobody ever seems to care i mean no. some people <laughs> mention it but nobody ever really cares well that's what's great and that's what's the when you think about the movie and who are the most valuable players in each one it's chevy chase and beverly d'angelo and randy quaid that's consistent pretty much throughout well actually randy quaid wasn't in the original that much it wasn't until the later movies probably this one where he had the biggest role, but well, right. and, well, you said too, even Vegas was a larger expanded role, but well, they had to, there's no way after Christmas vacation, you could make another vacation movie and not feature Randy Quaid in a significant right. way. That's right. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple unanswered questions I want to throw at you. And this, this is kind of a, maybe a deleted scene talk as well, but you know, we, we, uh, hold the tenement on wheels pretty high as far as being part of Eddie and Catherine's uh, backstory and all that in this uh, oral history that I found Miriam Flynn who played Catherine says there is one scene that did not make it into Christmas vacation and I so wish it had it's a scene where Randy and I are in the infamous motorhome and you get to see what our lives are like inside that was a riot but at the time it had to be cut <laughs> Well, I, I, hope it not, I hope it's not a follow-up to when he told her to get out the rubber sheets and gerbils, though. Right. Maybe that's why it had to be cut. <laughs> it could be. Um, that was just, uh, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what other treasures would be in that RV. So <laughs> that never deleted scene don't exist as far as us being able to watch it? As far yeah. as I know, it does not. Okay. It is not uh, not available or has not been released to any DVD or Blu-ray to watch. Uh, or I, I think it would be a, a major story across the websites that I follow, at least. You know, yeah. um, I kind of want the, <laughs> I don't know, I want more on Todd and Margo. And, <laughs> you know, why they, where they got those silver jumpsuits and... <laughs> You know, a little bit, I thought maybe uh, some of the setup with them and uh, having more of a history between Clark and the animosity that's obviously there. Uh, It just might be a lifestyle thing, but. Yeah, I I mean, you can tell that Todd and Margo are new wave people as far as uh, they probably have meditation crystals and you can look at their home. They don't have Christmas tree and this and that. I'd say it's just such a culture clash of looking down their nose at the everyday man and family man in Clark, you know, versus what they try to portray themselves as. Yeah. 
but you don't get many scenes between them and you get that first scene, you know, with the chainsaw when he's cutting up the tree and you get Margot going over to the house and (laughs) the squirrel and the dog jumping on her. (laughs) But most of those scenes are kind of separate from the movie and, and reacting to what happens the you know, the tree through the window and the, the ice that smashes the stereo. And I don't know. I want a little bit more on them. Uh, and then one thing that always bugs me, <laughs> why didn't Clark get out of the attic from the hole he made in the ceiling? You know, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> He's, he lands right on uh, Russ's bed and he just could have climbed down from there instead of being stuck up in the attic. But, and let's know. say he just can't fit. I, that leads me to another unanswered question. Why did he not set the movie theater up next to that hole? So that warm air was blowing on him. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, by that time he had the first shawl and gloves and hat on, and he was ready to go. But <laughs> I don't know. I, that one always bugs me. Uh, did you have anything as far as unanswered questions? You might touch on this in uh, facts, you know, did you know, but Clark takes that present into his boss, and all the presents look alike. What yeah. was that present? I have read, I don't think this is in the Do You Know? just because I didn't, it wasn't really confirmed, but that year, apparently there was a desktop uh, set, like a stationary set that was really popular, like a pen and pad. And when it was in a, like a little wooden box or something mm-hmm. that was really popular. I, I should have looked in the, uh, in like the Sears catalog or something, but uh, everyone that uh, I've seen talk about it online seems to think it was this, set the stationary set yeah, it could be it might not be who knows it was a nice touch that everybody who bought him a present bought him the same thing though yeah be safe yeah just to be yeah. safe all right well let's get on to the next little segment here and what should the next incarnation of the film be Ooh. but we've had sequels past christmas vacation obviously and then just that christmas vacation two that was a made-for-TV movie. It was actually released in 2003, and it starred Randy Quaid and Miriam Flynn as Eddie and Catherine, and they brought Dana Barron back, who reprised Audrey from the first Vacation film. So it was uh, it was essentially another iteration of Audrey, but the same actress. Um, I have seen nothing but bad stuff about it, so I'm, I'm probably never going to go there unless forced to or... You know, somebody wants some shock value or we review it or something. But um, so we've had the sequel. Could it be rebooted? Maybe building off of the, you know, the original vacation reboot that happened with Ed Helms and Christina Applegate, you know, a few years ago. It, it probably could. Would it work as a series? Um, I don't believe this would would work as a series. I don't think so either. It's too, you know, Christmas is, it seems at least, you know, in the last several years with all the Hallmark stuff and everybody going crazy for those movies, that doing a television series set at Christmas, I guess it could work, but I think people want that movie and be done with it, you know? Yeah. I, if they like the profit they made off of the vacation reboot, you got to think it's in the back of their minds to do a Christmas vacation reboot. But this is one of those iconic movies that I don't think you can improve upon in any way, shape, or form. Now, 
if they wanted to make instead of a reboot, if they wanted to make a direct sequel, I would be down for watching Clark still hosting Christmas at his house 30 years later <laughs> with a grown up Johnny Galecki and Juliet Lewis bringing their kids over instead of it being Clark's parents. Now it's Clark's kids and stuff coming with their kids. And you've got Eddie unexpectedly maybe showing up again or something. I would give that a shot, but I would want the original actors and things and it to be yeah. a direct sequel to this. Well, you know, Randy Quaid is pretty much, <laughs> it's not going to happen with him. Um, <laughs> and I don't know where, I guess, when was the reboot? 2013, I think. They would, I think Chevy and <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo would be more of the, Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany role at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it could happen. It it could have happened maybe ten years ago. Well, I mean, uh, I think it could happen now. I mean, they're grandparents. You know, yeah. they've got the look about them to be grandparents, and then they, if you could get like Juliet Lewis and Johnny Galecki, well, I mean, not that you would need to. You could use anybody, but with their their current fame, it would that would be, be the draw. Yeah, cool to get them in there and have their kids with them and, and they're all coming back to mom and dad's house for Christmas. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm saying, I don't think it should even be rebooted with the new stars and, and that universe. Um, I would just say, just leave this one alone. Uh, but like you said, if they, if they get Johnny Galecki, Juliette Lewis, that would raise my eyebrows enough to, Hmm, maybe, (laughs) you know, all right, we're going to keep moving along here. I have, I don't know, too many did-you-know facts in here. <laughs> a lot of them you've probably heard, but there's some in here that I think I might surprise some people. So here we go. Did you know on Christmas Vacation, as far as the soundtrack, there was actually never a re- official release of the soundtrack. But to celebrate the 10th anniversary in 1999, a limited number of probably what you would call bootleg CDs were pressed and sold at six flags, magic mountain where the scenes from the first vacation were actually shot. Hmm. And the pressing included this, all the songs from the featured film clips of dialogue from the movie and portions of the score. Uh, hmm. I have seen this and it's actually, there is a playlist on YouTube. I think that features all the tracks from that CD. Uh, I have never got my hands on one, but it was weird to me because there, I mean, there's a lot of great music in this movie and I think it would be, make a great album. So it's weird. They've never tried to put that together over the years officially. Yeah. I really like the Ray Charles Christmas song in this and it was hard to track down and download, but I've got it. And I actually found a, I guess maybe a bootleg version of the Christmas vacation theme song that, both of those are on my Christmas playlist every year. I love, yeah, the Christmas vacation theme, that Ray Charles one. The I can't remember who's the group that does the Hey Santa Claus, Hey Santa Claus, when they're uh, near yeah, the mall awesome. scene. Love that song. And then how great, how great is that like polka version of Rudolph that they play when Eddie's around, you know, when he's <laughs> emptying the shitter. you know and it's that tuba oh gosh perfect just perfect uh here's another uh did you know and this one hasn't been confirmed but it's rumored 
speaking of the soundtrack, that Prince was involved with the theme song. He was a Warner Brothers artist, and the director was quoted that he produced it, which Discogs, if you go to there and you look at the producers on the songs that were uh, uh, actually released, I think on that bootleg pressing, or there's actually a 45 single of the Christmas Vacation theme. But it was released on Prince's Paisley Park Records. So while it's not official, it could be that Prince was involved with the Christmas Vacation theme. Interesting. Cool. Oh, here's one. Uh, A lot of people might know this one. When Clark is in bed and he's got all the sap on his fingers and he's reading the, the Time magazine or People magazine, which is a great scene, the person shown on the cover of the magazine is director Jeremiah Chechik. Oh, uh, when Cousin Eddie barged into the house with Clark's boss, and Ellen Lee jokingly tells the police officer that this is the family's first kidnapping, that's actually wrong. You know, they kidnapped John Candy yep. <laughs> at Wally World in the first movie. So I thought that was funny. Um, dire- All right. You're going to love this, man. I had not heard this before. Director Jeremy Chechik was quoted in an interview saying, For the dog and squirrel chase... They hired an animal trainer who trained them every day for months to run through the set. (laughs) When it came time to finally shoot what they've been planning, he got out of the car and saw everyone standing around in a huddle shaking their heads and knew something was terribly wrong. I asked him what was going on. He said, we have a problem. Okay, what? The squirrel's dead. Oh, my goodness. I said, holy bleep. We're (laughs) We're shooting that day. And the animal trainer turned and said, you know, they don't live that long. (laughs) He said, we still had to shoot the scene, so we used an untrained squirrel, and it was total chaos. (laughs) (laughs) But it translated good to film, though. It did. I guess it did, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the poor squirrel they had trained. Um, (laughs) How do you train a squirrel? I don't know. With a dog, even, you know. Where's Eddie? He eats these goddamn things. Not anymore. He learned they were high in cholesterol. <laughs> um, the house in which the Griswold's neighbors, you know, Todd and Margo live in, is the same house where the Murtaugh family, which is Danny Glover's family, lived in all four Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, see, I did see that. Yeah, one. that was interesting. That, it was, you know, shot on the Warner Brothers backlot, so a lot of those houses were the same. And then the houses in the. Uh, the little home movie that Clark is watching in the Mm -hmm. attic. It's the house front from bewitched and the new Gidget. Oh, yeah. Didn't make that connection. I wouldn't have on the Gidget one, but I, I, you know, bewitched. I watched some bewitched back in the day, but I still, that has never connected with me. Oh, you're going to love this one too. We talked about those uh, two guys in the pickup at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. That old Dodge pickup was previously used as Kurt Russell's work truck in Overboard, and it was also in They Live. Oh. Same truck. Cool. Um, okay, when Clark's in his office daydreaming with that little scale model of the swimming pool, and his mm-hmm. co-worker Bill steps in and he asks if Clark's okay, there is a container of air-grade marine epoxy in the plastic case on the left side of the screen. This is the identical product in name that Dan Aykroyd uses as Elwood Blues to get the glue on the gas pedal of the good old boys' motor. Wow. (laughs) Wow. This is glue. Strong stuff. Yep. The the lettering 
Yeah, I know, right? God, I couldn't even tell because I was kind of looking for some of those things. Well, I mean, it, it, so. well, it's impressive that somebody noticed it, but it's even, well, I ain't going to say more impressive, but it's also impressive that someone making the movie, I don't know if they done it on purpose or not, or if that was just a prop they found that right. just happened to be used in another movie. But if it was on purpose, that's impressive. Well, it was, like I said, it was in name because the can looked a little bit different in both movies. Oh, well, uh, then it must have been on purpose then. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Uh, at one point, there's a close-up of the living room television, which is showing a Christmas-themed parade. The footage is actually from America's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was held in downtown Detroit. And Detroit is the hometown of writer and producer John Hughes. Mm-hmm. So he used that footage. Um, here's a couple fun ones about It's a Wonderful Life and a connection to that. Of course, we remember seeing parts of the movie in Christmas vacation, mm-hmm. you know, there, uh, Russ is watching it on television as the grandparents arrive. That film was directed by Frank Capra and Capra's grandson, Frank Capra. The third was an assistant director on Christmas vacation. Wow. And then after, you know, the, uh, cutting down the replacement tree with the chainsaw, you know, Clark is upstairs and he fixed the new post. Well, obviously that's a little, <laughs> that's a nod. To- <laughs> that's a nod to yeah. George Bailey and, you know, constantly pulling off the new no post at the bottom of the stairs in uh, it's a wonderful life. Um, of course we see Chevy chase in this movie wearing the Chicago bears cap, which has been worn throughout the vacation movies. So there's a couple little things like that as kind of a continuation of his character and, and his look, you know, according to Randy Quaid, many of cousin Eddie's characteristics, most notably the clicking of the tongue were based on a guy that he knew from when he grew up in Texas years ago, who had similar traits. So hmm. cousin Eddie was essentially based on a real person. That makes sense that you have one in your family too. See, yeah. <laughs> I've um, got a great picture of my uncle Randy. If I can find it, I'll scan it and send it to you and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this one I had heard before I did a deep dive here, but according to an article in Chicago magazine, director Chris Columbus states he was the original director of Christmas Vacation. Although he filmed some of the second unit establishing shots, which he claims are still left in the film, he left after two meetings with Chevy Chase and told John Hughes, there's no way I can do this movie. I know I need to work, but I can't do it with this guy, unquote. Wow. So Hughes sent him another script that he had, which was Home Alone. Mm. That's how Chris... uh, Chris Columbus got into the Home Alone movies. Very interesting. At least the first two. Um, Director Jeremy Chechik also directed two music videos in the MTV era. Holland Oates' Downtown Life and Van Halen's When It's Love. Hmm. Take that for what it's worth. The label on the home movie reel that Clark finds in the attic was labeled Christmas 59, which actually Uh is the short story that John Hughes wrote for the magazine. But you'll notice, like, when you watch the actual home movie, it says Christmas 1955. So, take that for what it's worth. This nice is a little Easter egg there. Yeah. This is one of three films released in 1989 to feature an animated title sequence. We didn't talk about that much, but I look forward to that every time I watch the movie, too. That, <laughs> that first little intro. The other two, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Troop Beverly Hills oh. from 1989. Only two Christmas-themed movies came out in 1989, as we mentioned. Prancer and Christmas Vacation, and Johnny Galecki was in both of them. 
<laughs> he also said, I read in that uh, oral history that Chevy Chase would take him during lunch hours to the sets of Harlem Nights and Ghostbusters 2. Holy cow. <laughs> How fun would that be? You take your lunch and you're, you know, hanging out with Eddie Murphy and the next day you're hanging out with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. And, yeah, that's cool. Oh, gosh. Uh, despite acting as the husband and wife duo of Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis, Mae Questel was 19 years older than her co-star, William Hickey. She was 81 at the time, and he was 62. Uh, Diane Ladd, who played Clark's mother, Nora, is only eight years older than Chevy Chase. Wow. <laughs> so they uh, you never, don't think about those things when you're, when you're watching the movie, because I, I could tell they added some things to Diane Ladd to make her look a little bit older. And actually, I don't think I put this in the notes, but Ruby Sue wore a wig. Huh. They wanted her hair longer, and I guess it wasn't at the time of filming, so they made her wear a wig. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham, he was offered the opportunity to actually write the theme song of the movie, but declined because he didn't want to be known as only a soundtrack musician. Give me a break. <laughs> so, But coincidentally... This is the only vacation movie that his song Holiday Road is not featured in the movie. So <laughs> I guess they, uh, you snub me, we'll snub you back. <laughs> oh, this is great too. I had not heard about this. The scene where the cat bites the Christmas lights cord and gets electrocuted. Please tell you know. me that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did not, but oh. it was nearly cut from the movie. Prior to the first test screening, the studio execs wanted to just take the scene out. They figured it might offend some viewers, but the producer, Matty Simmons, begged them to leave the scene in, and they actually gave in, obviously, to the request. After the first test screening, the audience scored that the cat electrocution scene was their number one scene from the entire movie. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Gosh, I got a couple more. After failing to get the Christmas lights to work one last time, Clark Griswold takes his frustration out on the plastic decorations in the front yard. That's one of my favorite scenes, too. Me when too. he's just he's just so angry, he walks up to that Santa and shakes it and then just punches it right in the face. <laughs> when he punched the Santa, he actually broke his pinky finger. Wow. <laughs> and that's the, the take that they used. They kept it rolling, and even though he broke his finger... And this last one, maybe some people have heard, Mae Questel, this was her final film, who you know played Aunt Bethany. She was the original voice of Betty Boop and oh. Olive Oil from the Popeye cartoons. Wow. That's cool. Now, see, I, that's, you said people may have heard it. That's, that's the first time I've heard anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. You got any uh, facts you want to throw in there? No, I left them all up to you. That's, okay. Uh, that's that's pretty cool, though. Well, we are uh, going to wrap things up here, but before we go, I've got uh, several quotes and lines and stuff I wanted to pass along from our followers who were kind enough to leave us a comment when we uh, put some stuff out there on social media to you know tell us what your favorite things were from the movie. So I'm going to group these in kind of comments and then lines because I just got some lines tweeted at me. <laughs> <laughs> At Skinny Joe Fan, if that thing had nine lives, she just spent them all. And he also sent us a YouTube link to the Clark and Mary scene at the mall. At VOL 1977, 
Jason Miracle, he just quoted back the gif of uh, Uncle Lewis going, The blessing. <laughs> Pat Morris at Solidness 6. Oh, dear. Did I break wind? <laughs> uh, Joe Parrish at Joe Parrish 7. That there's an RV. Uh, at Steve Curious 2. Shitter's full. That was a gif. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at CK1971. Can't see the line, can you, Russ? Mm. <laughs> and then at EX Lurker FC. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? The Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really talk about that rant, but oh my gosh, that's just classic. And I did read, I didn't put this in the uh, did you know, but he had cue cards everywhere in that house for that scene. <laughs> I just kind of figured that was ad libbed. Well, he probably came up with the description there of his boss, but <laughs> he had cue cards set to uh, pull that one off. That was epic. That's like all-time epic, you know. Uh, then two more comments. Bridget Presswick at B Presswick 7 She said she was watching it this weekend. I've only seen the cut for TV version, so I have to say the squirrel scenes are my favorite. Another Chevy Chase movie I like uh, watching at the holidays is Funny Farm. So I agree with that. Funny Farm is, uh, no, it's got some scenes at Christmas. You might group it in that gray area that we talked about last week, Mick. Um, yeah, but it's got just as many scenes in the summer and stuff too, though. So that's it, right. That's right. But it all kind of leads up to that Christmas time when they're trying to pull off that <laughs> show yeah. for the people wanting to buy the house. And well, that is a really good movie, though. Chew the deer, you know. The my favorite part of that whole movie, I love the mailman. I love his laugh. I love every little interaction with the mailman when he's out trying to get the, get the mail and he's all dressed up in camo. When he comes during the Christmas time and the, the people are there and delivers the mail personally. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's like my favorite part of that whole movie. My so favorite part's when Clark sets the record for eating bull testicles and don't know it. <laughs> That's right. That's funny. What do they call it? Um, uh, well, call we call them uh, mountain oysters here. Mountain oysters. I can't remember what they call it in the movie. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, it was great. Mm. And then finally, we'll plug uh, one of our own here, Jeff at Pilot Jeff, or underscore Jeff. He uh, actually tweeted back a link to his article on Retro Network, which was really great this week, mm-hmm. like a 30-year retrospective on the movie. Uh, we'll definitely recommend people go check that out. It's got some of these same facts in there, but his take on it is really great. Uh, anything else you want to add, man, before we close up the drive-in? No, other than it's a movie that is certainly very rewatchable because you and I both rewatch it every Christmas, and I'm sure we're not alone in that. And if anyone is listening to this who haven't seen it, there's no way we could do it justice. You need to go watch it. That's right. I did see that AMC was adding some more dates, it looks like, for chances to go see it in the theater, which is great. But it's obviously out there on, I think it is on Blu-ray. It might be just DVD. I can't remember if it's gotten a Blu-ray release or not. Go out and find it. We can even put up a link in the show notes if we want to. But man, I'm I'm exhausted. (laughs) I need a vacation from our Christmas vacation talk. So much put into this. Uh, Again, my favorite Christmas movie. And I can watch it many, many times. Last night when I watched it, it was kind of in the background. And I just had it going and I'm writing some stuff down notes and everything. And it was still as much as I'm 
you know, watching in the theater, I still love it to death, no matter how I watch it. And it's always multiple times a year. So it is great. It's great. All right. I think that's going to about do it for the TRN drive-in on Christmas vacation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the movie. If you didn't get a chance to get your thoughts in before we recorded the show. And uh, there might be an outside chance we're going to have another drive-in for you before year's end. But we definitely want to invite you to follow us over there on Patreon. Uh, And we are going to release a new drive-in episode over there each month next year around 1995. All the movies that came out there. We've got uh, 12 picked out, 6 by Mick, 6 by me. And we're going to go through one a month over there on Patreon for all of our people that back us over there. And it's going to be a fun ride, man. I'm looking forward to that. There was a lot of great movies in 95. Well, I don't know. So, I mean, there were some great ones, but maybe not great, but there sure were a whole lot of fun ones though. That were, <laughs> They may not be great, but we're going to do some fun ones. You were looking at my list, weren't you? <laughs> no, I was looking at my list. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think there's some great rewatchable movies and some that maybe we haven't watched in a long time that we enjoyed back then. And it's going to be fun to see how they hold up too. Cause it's probably going to be like that. If we covered a, a different year in 1985 or something, but all right. well, um, we're doing this, you know, the 25th anniversary for all these movies that we'll be covering. So that's right. A nice little hook to the series. And uh, to give uh, our patrons over there a little something more than just outtakes, which are fun to put together, but we want to give you uh, an actual series, too, to look forward to over there for supporting us just at the $2 level. So we are looking forward to that. We thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we are going to close up the drive-in for this week, and we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas! Jenner was full! Thank you.